I wonder, have you ever had an experience when you've only heard one side of a conversation? Perhaps you're in a room and somebody else is in that room, but they're on the telephone. And all you hear are things like, oh, he never did. Or, oh, that must have hurt. Yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Never mind, your secret's safe with me. You know? And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, as if that wasn't intriguing and frustrating enough, the person suddenly says, I can't take you any talk anymore. He's just come in the room. And he puts the phone down. <laughs> and you haven't got a clue what's going on or why you're in trouble. Yeah. <sighs> Broadly speaking, that's exactly what's happening in our reading that Penny has read for us today from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, it seems that he was working his way through a whole list of questions that they had put to him. Now, here's the frustrating bit. We don't know what the questions were. Annoyingly, it's as if we only know one side of that conversation. Now, it appears that the Holy Spirit was newly at work amongst the people and it was so powerful that the people in Corinth were having trouble handling or understanding the gifts that the Holy Spirit brought to them. And so Paul is engaged in reassuring the people as he answers their bewilderments and he tells them how they should react in order that the power of the Spirit is used to the glory of God. And in order to do that, Paul goes back to school. If you like, Paul goes into teacher mode. And the lessons that Paul teaches them are just as important for us today in our modern day church as they were in the early Corinthian church. So, shoulders back, you lot at the back, sit up straight. We're going back to school. Lesson number one, accept no substitutes. There's a saying, there's no substitute for the real thing. And in the case of the Holy Spirit, that is 100% true. In our modern society, many people try to uh, have alternatives. Alcohol, gambling, drugs, music, sport, money, worship of other idols, etc., etc., etc. We try to put different things in place to aid us on life's journey. And yet there has never been, and there never will be, a substitute for the action and the work of the Holy Spirit. Ah, but we need to be careful. For the Spirit leads not only by word, but by action. 
And the positive evidence of those whose lives are motivated by the Spirit isn't just based on what they say, but rather what they do and in the way that they live. And that has huge repercussions for us. It means that we are called to action. Action in church life. Action in Christian witness. Action in kingdom ministry. Oh, there's a job to be done. Never mind. Someone else can do it. Oh, yes. Of course, I could do it much better, you know. Of course, I'd be much more qualified, but uh, I can't be bothered. Yes, this hasn't been done again. That hasn't been done again. Still, it's not my job. Nothing to do with me. I'll leave it to the elders. Yes. All I'll do is have a sit back and moan about it. Yes, that's what I'll do. Nothing to do with me. If that's the kind of conversation that goes on in our hearts, in our minds, or heaven forbid, in the church, it certainly has got nothing at all to do with the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit of God calls us all to action. Each and every one of us calls us all to positive action and never, ever idle chit-chat or gossip. Second lesson, respect no selfishness. You know, the word that Paul actually uses for the spirit is charismata. It's a Greek word from which the charismatic movement gets its name. But... By using it, Paul stresses that everything that the Holy Spirit does is a totally free and totally undeserved gift of God's grace. And any gifts that we may have are of God and are for the service of his kingdom. Healing, preaching, speaking in tongues of wisdom, loving, smiling, making tea, and all the other bounteous gifts that God bestows upon us are given for service, not for our enjoyment or delectation. They're God-given for the benefit of all and essentially for the benefit of his church and his kingdom. And again, we are called, each and every one of us, to use those God-given gifts freely in service. Lesson number three. There are no idle bystanders in the family of believers. Each and every one of us is here and has been called here by God to be a contributor. And it's the Holy Spirit's gifts that enable us to contribute. We're all different, aren't we? Just have a look round. We're all different. Praise be. Thanks be to God for that. We're all different. And so it follows that for each of us, our contributions to the work of the kingdom will be different. So it's no good being half-hearted or even a little bit jealous if someone else seems to be doing more or less. No one's gifts are any more important or superior from anyone else's. 
Oh, we may pray for specific things. We may fancy or want to do something special. But the answer to our prayerful requests rests solely with God. God sees what we can't. God sees the whole picture and he knows what's needed in his church and in his kingdom as a whole. And when we use our God-given gifts and talents in service properly, then the whole church and the kingdom benefits and will grow through the grace of God. Fourth and final lesson, and then it's home time. Action, not words. Paul wasn't teaching an academic theory. This was a practical lesson, not a theoretical class. So what does that all mean for us here in Linfield? What does it mean for us here at Linfield URC? Well, it means searching our hearts and recognising that we are all blessed with gifts and talents, each and every one of us. It means recognising those gifts and the gifts of others. It means volunteering for service and encouraging others to do so. It means accepting responsibility and committing ourselves fully. It means putting away any excuses and striving to do that which is of and from God for the advancement of his kingdom. It means saying yes. It means saying yes to becoming a church member. It means saying yes and coming along and sharing in our regular church prayer meetings. It means saying yes to helping with our young people in the United Group and Messy Church. It means saying yes to joining our pastoral visiting team. It means saying yes to joining and contributing to one of our house groups. It means saying yes to joining and helping on our church's finance team and committee. It means saying yes to making the tea. It means saying yes to God. It means saying yes and serving the kingdom of God. Yes to using our God-given talents and gifts readily and eagerly in his service. <clears throat> Does anyone have an iPhone? Well, put your hand up, it won't hurt. Good. Uh, anybody got, uh, what's the other one, an iPad? I've got one of those. Yeah, good. Does anybody know what the iCloud is? Anybody understand it? No, not at all. No, no. You know, in the world today, we are deluged with iGadgets. There's iThis and iThat. Well, here's another one for you. One that every Christian believer has at their disposal. Each and every one of us has this to use, and it's called an iCan. It's not an iPhone. It won't give you a hotline to heaven. 
It's not an iPad, you know, it doesn't play tracks of angels singing heavenly songs. Paul actually introduces it in his letter to the Philippians in chapter 4. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, our I cans remind us that through Christ all things are possible. And not because we have the strength, not because we have the power or the ability ourselves, but because as followers, as believers, empowered by the Holy Spirit, living within us, we can achieve that which God would have us do. So when God asks us to do something, when we are challenged by God, I can reminds us that we can through him. In a few weeks' time, it's going to be Pentecost. We're looking forward to it, aren't we? Yeah, wow. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, we'll cry aloud. Pentecost Sunday is actually on the 28th of May. And if we're to acknowledge and receive the Spirit of God afresh and anew, then we have to be prepared. If you like, we have to do our homework and ready ourselves in order that we may experience Pentecost in its entire God-given, Spirit-given glory. And at Pentecost, when God looks down upon us here in Linfield and when he sees the way in which his gifts have been received and used... I wonder what he'll say. Maybe we should ask a question. Is God pleased with what he sees? Wow. Will God be pleased with the way his gifts are used in the life of us here in the church? And the answer to that question rests in our hearts, in our minds. And I pray that we, each and every one, will respond positively, perhaps using the words of Paul. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And indeed, I pray that we'll go further and we will eagerly declare, I must do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when we do that, when we do that, we can and we will live now in the Spirit of God, seeking the advancement of his kingdom, the growth of his church here in this place, in this community, in this land and in this world for which we must surely proclaim, thanks be to God. Amen.